don't know how to describe a 10-day trip to the Holy Land in just a few minutes, but I can tell you the place that touched my heart the most was the Garden of Gethsemane. Our uh, tour guide, uh, Rami, made the statement that these trees in this garden witnessed the prayer, the agony, and the betrayal of our Christ. And to know that these living things were here on this earth when our Savior was, was pretty spectacular. You know, it really brings the Bible to life, just being able to walk in the same place that our Savior's has been and ministered. The thing that impacted me the most uh, was the love of the Palestinian Christians that they gave to us. Um, we went over there to bless them and to help them, but I came back with my heart full uh, for the blessings that they gave me. One of the most important things that I realized for me spiritually about our trip to Israel was the Sunday morning that we got to sing with Emmanuel Church and to know that people from different nations were represented there, uh, like China and Britain, also with the people from Israel, the Palestinians, and it was wonderful that we could all worship together and we could sing praises to the Lord. The worship times with Tommy Walker were fantastic. Tommy wrote some songs while he was there. He led uh, the worship conferences uh, and concerts that we were a part of. and. Overall, the experience was fantastic. I would highly recommend it um, uh, to anyone interested in going there. Just the whole idea of worshiping in Manger Square, they had, um, there was actually a minaret, so that's the, the Muslim tower, the call to prayer, right in front of us. And I thought that was so cool that God brought a group from across the world to stand there where he had come down and manifest himself in human form and sing his praises um, for all these people. Being able to, to serve the, the, the church in Bethlehem and, and to, to hear the and to, to encourage, encourage yeah, Christians and, to, and to hear them proudly say that the church has been in Bethlehem since the time of Christ. That will stick with me the rest of my life. Well, good morning, church. And of course, what you just heard there was a little bit of a, uh, an, an update on our trip to Israel, which took place this summer. We had a lot of trips uh, this summer, Israel, Ukraine, we've had trips to Nicaragua. As a matter of fact, we had a trip get back from Nicaragua uh, yesterday. I think I mentioned last week. They had left last weekend. They're, they're back today and had an, an incredible week there. Did everything that was planned for them, all the work uh, that was lined out. And of course, seeing a lot of people in that come to, to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, folks, if you were here last weekend, you've been around these last couple of days, uh, we, we have been a part of what we call our Global Impact Conference. And this is a, a couple of days in which we kind of highlight, celebrate, learn about uh, the work of the church, the work of the church in our community and the work of the church around the world. This year in particular, uh, we have focused a little bit more on the work in the community. Uh, we've had out there in the, in the concourse all of the various ministries that we partner with uh, right here in our community, local to us. Uh, we've still kept in front of you our, our trips. Uh, you saw last week all the trips that you can go on in this coming year. Uh, we, we've highlighted in some of our events uh, new, uh, an exciting new 
ministry partnership we're going to have in Zimbabwe, uh, another one in Southeast Asia. Those are two new ones uh, that are going to be coming online this year, joining the already what we do uh, all through the year in Nicaragua. And, and we, we highlight all this because, folks, this is, this is what we do. This is the church. And, and we want you to, to see that, to understand that, to know particularly what your church is doing and to know how you can get involved in it. And so these are things we try to keep in front of you all year long, whether it be in a quick video or in a, in a bulletin announcement. But like I said last week, every 12 to 18 months, we kind of focus on it for three, four or five days in what we call our, our Global Impact Conference. And when uh, Wes Rose, down here to, to my right, uh, when Russ Rose became our, our mission pastor, and you'll see him in just a little while, uh, I, I guess, it, how long has it been? Six or seven years ago that you became our mission pastor? Eight? Nine. Yeah. And it seems like eight. <laughs> Nine years he's been our mission pastor, and we've been doing these global impact conferences now for for uh, six or seven years. And, and when Wes and I sat down, we were talking about these events and what would go on. I said, you know... For me, one of the great goals of this, I mean, there's a variety of things that are very important, a variety of things we want to see happen, but really one of the great goals is that we would see people in our church fellowship, in our church family, uh, being called to go to the mission field, being called to go into ministry. We bring missionaries in. We bring uh, these ministry heads in from all over the world, all over our community. But I said, Wes, what if one day everybody that we brought in had one time been a part of our family? And uh, folks, as we are now six, seven years into this, we are beginning to see that happen. And I'm going to be real excited today to, to be able to highlight one of those stories of how that has begun to happen. And I'm going to ask David and Sheila Johnson uh, to begin making their way up here. They've been members here at the, at the Heights family uh, since 2008, so for about seven years now, involved in our youth ministry, involved in our music ministry, involved in a wide variety of things, have have been on some mission trips, and uh, I'm just going to kind of stop there in the introduction, and I'm going to let them pick up and tell their story uh, that is, is really exciting about what God is doing in them, and folks, what He wants to do in, in all of us. And as we prepare for that, let me have a word of prayer, and uh, as we go to the Lord in prayer, also want you to know, I want to take a moment and, and pray for France. And, and what is going on there too. So let's, ha let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you in this moment. And uh, we thank you for David and Sheila. Some of us in this room know them very well. Some of, them, some of us don't know them at all. But God, we're, we're excited for who they are and who you are and what you're doing in their lives. And I pray, Lord, that you will use their story to, to challenge and to communicate to, uh, to all of us uh, Lord, a step of faith that maybe you want us to take. And so, Lord, would you just prepare our heart and mind for what they're going to say? And, Lord, I pray we're open to hearing from you as we, as we hear from them. And, Lord, we do want to pause in the midst of our, our time of gathering and our worship. And we want to lift up to you the nation of France. And, uh, and Lord, we want to pray for peace. We want to pray for justice. We want to pray for healing. Uh, God, we want to pray that you would provide the help that that nation needs right now. Lord, most of us, Friday night, we turned on the news. We saw what was unfolding, and it was just uh, a horrible face of evil, uh, uh, of evil going on in our world. And Lord, I know as I watch that, 
You know, I just realized it's so easy to label some things as evil and, and to call down your justice, to call down your judgment. Lord, help us to realize that while there is evil that's easy for us to identify, easy for us to point to, Lord, there's an evil going on in this world that sometimes we're very okay with. We're, we accept it, we even approve of it. There's evil going on all around us. And Lord, I just pray that we'd be mindful that, that while there is evil that is easy for us to point to and call down your judgment, Lord, let us be aware in our own lives of the evil that, that we've grown comfortable with. The, the evil maybe that we even approve of. Lord, I pray that you would forgive this, this planet, forgive humanity of the way we have rejected you, the way we have rebelled against you and your word. And Lord, there's a, a, there's a thousand consequences of that and we saw one of those Friday night. Lord, I, I do want to... I do want to pray for the church in France. I pray this is going to be an opportunity, a great opportunity for them to love, to serve, uh, to provide direction, to provide healing, to provide hope. I pray for the believers in France that they will rise up and that they'll be salt and light to their, to their fellow nation. And I, and I pray the church can be a help in, in guiding through this moment. So Lord, we, we lift them up to you. Uh, and ask that you'll be with them right now. We ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, before I turn it over to David and Sheila, you know, folks, out, right in front of you in the chairs there, or maybe you got one some other way, you've seen this yellow, this, this commitment card. And, and I want to ask you right now, before they even begin to speak, to just begin thinking and praying about how you might fill this out. You're going to hear a very big way that they're filling it out. Uh, but there's there's a hundred small ways to saying, hey, hey, hey Lord, I'm, I'll give $5 a month to missions. Or maybe, Lord, I'll give $500 a month to missions. That, that might be something you would write on a card like this. Or, Lord, I, I'll, I'll be involved in this ministry. Or, Lord, I don't really have a clue what I would do. But I won't, I won't leave here today without going out there and getting familiar with what's at those tables and where my skills, where my passion, where my personality might lie in, in serving you. Maybe you'd write there, Lord, I, I commit to pray. For people like a David and Sheila, I, I commit to pray. But, but as they speak, as you hear their story, every single one of us needs to be thinking about what's the step of faith? What, what's the commitment I need to show in seeing the gospel and seeing the kingdom of God advanced around this world? Amen? Let, let's be thinking and praying about that. Y'all welcome David and Sheila here today. Good, good morning. Sheila and I both have our mothers in this service, so we just ask you to raise your hands real quick, and we just want to say thank you for coming, and we love you all very much. So our story is, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Chester boy, born and raised, lived here my whole life, absolutely loved the area, could not imagine living anywhere else. Um, I was actually saved in a church about 400 yards from where I sit right now when I was nine years old. And I was fortunate to grow up in a, just a wonderful Christian home where my mom and dad uh, were very big with missions. They prayed for missionaries. They supported financially missionaries. They had 
missionaries into our home when they needed a place to stay. Um, my oldest sister and her husband were actually missionaries in Ecuador. So it's been a part of my life, uh, my whole life. And there's one thing that I knew confidently that God would never call me to the mission field. Um, I just knew, I just didn't, in my eyes, I didn't fit the mold. Um, there were people, so many people smarter than me. There were so many people that were more compassionate than me. And I was just a country boy that was really good at hunting and fishing. And that's, and I was happy with that. But for us, our story started about three to four years ago. Wallace, uh, from Nicaragua was here at the GIC and he shared his testimony, his testimony of his life uh, before Christ and how he uh, battled alcohol and he would make fun of Christians and he was, you know, in, in the town that he was at. Um, and then he shared with, after he surrendered his life to Christ, how it changed and eventually uh, was led to the ministry to lead uh, in Nicaragua, and his passion for the kids there, and for the people there, and how much he loved them, and it just, it just, I don't know, uh, took my breath away that night, I was just totally dumbfounded by what he had to say, that night we left here, going home, no radio on, just total silence in the car, and I leaned over to Sheila, and I said, you know, for the first time in my life, I could see that God could use us on the mission field. And she leans to me and she says, you know, that's exactly what I'm sitting here thinking about. So we just went home after that and we just started to pray, Lord, what do you want for our lives? Where, do you, where would you want us to go? When would you want us to go? Um, we were just uh, open vessels. We just wanted to be obedient to what he wanted for our lives. So this went on for some time. We would, we would just pray. And uh, an opportunity came about. Jerry Witt asked me to go to, on a mission trip to Africa and to lead a team to Zimbabwe. And I said I would do that. Uh, and part of preparing for that trip, uh, he asked me to go to Atlanta to an IMB training where I spent two or three days um, learning about what my job as a leader would be, uh, leading a mission team, but also missionaries were there from around the world that were on furlough, and I got a chance to hear their stories on the field. I got to hear, you know, issues that they would have, problems, good things, kids that were coming to know the Lord. I just, I heard it all, and it was just like a sponge, just taking it all in. It was just all new to me. Well, uh, we came back, and we prepared in 2013 to go to Zimbabwe. So we go there, and my main uh, I guess my main project there was on a 30-acre farm. And this farm is going to be developed and house orphans. Eventually, 100 orphans will live on this 30-acre farm. And the um, first thing we wanted to do was to build a chicken coop. So uh, I spent a week there building the chicken coop so they could raise chickens to have the eggs, to have the chickens, to sell the extras, to make money, to put back into, into the farm. So worked on the chicken coop. Uh, one day I broke away, went and spent some time with some kids. We played soccer, which they're very good at. I tried to teach them American baseball, and it was uh, very funny. They had no idea uh, anything about it, but we just had a good time. But um, when I was there, um, 
I tried my best not to break up, but um, I spent some time standing on the farm, and I thought about my life, and I thought about my dad. And I'd lost him two years previous to me being there. Um, and my dad was a man, godly man, that loved to work. And he instilled that in me where I appreciate work and I love work. But he also would keep me by his side all the time to teach me things. And um, we had a large garden growing up, and he'd teach me about that. And I also thought about our home here. I thought about the land that God had given us and how we had some chickens and we had some pigs and we had some goats. And it kind of, like my life kind of flashed before my eyes and it all kind of started making sense to me that God had me right where He wanted me and all of my life was brought to that point. All the skills that my dad taught me, the things that I learned here was front and center because everything that they shared is the need and for that farm, um, it just seemed like that job was made for me. And um, I was just so excited. I came back home, and I went to Sheila, and I said, Sheila, I think the Lord might be calling us to Africa. And she said, I don't know about that. <clears throat> I'm going to read this so I don't miss any details. And God is really stretching me up here. This is way out of my comfort zone, but... Um, like David said, we both felt God calling us after hearing Wallace speak at GIC. I also felt God was getting ready to call me outside of my comfort zone. I had no idea it would be this far out, though. I'm so glad he only gives us today to get through and doesn't let us see the future because I can't even imagine how I would have handled the things that have come my way in the past. He prepares us ahead of time, though. We just don't know it because we are just trying to get through whatever life is throwing our way. I love how God loves us and prepares us for his will. Well, I've lived in Virginia my whole life, born in the West End, moved to Midlothian, to Chester, back to Midlothian, and now in Matoka, but always in Chesterfield County. So when David went to Africa two and a half years ago and came home to tell me he wanted to go back, I was all for him going back. I thought it was great. I could tell that it had impacted his life, but I misunderstood because he wanted us to go back as missionaries. What? My response, I don't think so. I'm not feeling that at all. Just pray about it, he said. Yeah, I'll pray about it. No way am I going to Africa. There are big animals there and huge snakes. He had just killed a puff adder while he was there on that mission trip. He has lost his mind. You see, I love where I live. I love my life, my church, choir, my family, just the way it is. I really don't mind change, but this would be a huge change. And I was scared of this kind of a change. And I didn't want to consider it. I did pray about Africa, but not with an open mind or heart, and not very often, because I had already decided I was not going. It was a battle inside, and I was determined to ignore anything God had to say about this subject, but God. He had other plans, and he knows my heart so much better than me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Well, fast forward to January 2015. Jeff comes from Zimbabwe to talk and share about the needs in Bulawayo. Jerry Witt invites several of the people who went on the African mission trip and their spouses to dinner. I'm interested in hearing about the needs at the meeting, but I'm not going to Africa. I'm just there so I can pray for these people. My heart was moved in a great way. 
I couldn't believe how these children are abused sexually, physically, and emotionally. They've been abandoned by their parents and raped by family members who have taken them in. They have no security, no one to hold them, to love them, and make them feel safe. My heart is broken for these children. So I go home and decide I'm going to pray with an open mind and a heart really to see what God wants of me. So I pray and pray, seeking him, still fighting it, though. Then on February 3rd, I'm in our home office working on our business, listening and singing to praise music like I always do when I'm working. And then Oceans by Hill Songs come on. I've heard this song so many times. I love this song. So, of course, I'm singing along. And when I hear, what are you singing, Sheila? I stop working, look up, because I've just heard a voice. Did I really hear that? I go back to working again. What are you singing? I stop what I'm doing and just listen to the words. And this is just a portion of oceans. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you may lead me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Knowing that God has called me to do something way outside of my comfort zone, how can I sing these words without meaning them? As I continued listening, an overwhelming sense of peace washed over me, and as tears streamed down my face, I knew my answer. Yes, Lord, I will go. I wasn't sure of any of the details, but he already knew exactly how it was going to happen and when. I just had to finally let go and let God. The battle inside was over. God knew I wanted to see Zimbabwe first, but he needed me to trust him with the unseen, the unknown, and just say yes and go. Two months later, we were in Zimbabwe, and as I walked on the farm where we will live, he confirmed in my heart again, this is where I want you. I am so excited for this journey. I really am. And there's some sadness, too. I will miss my family so much. My church. My 10th grade girls. And hot chocolate. But really, though, I can't wait to see how God moves while we are there. Because it has been amazing to watch him move here. He has just continued to confirm that Zimbabwe is where he wants us. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Before we made that trip this past April, I decided I was going to meet with a business broker and talk about any possibilities we might have to, to sell our business. Didn't, never met this man before. Uh, uh, didn't know anything about him. I just knew what he did for a living. So I called him up and set up a meeting. And at 9 a.m. on a Thursday morning, I met with him, and I, I just said, I'm going to get right to the point. I said, um, I believe the Lord is calling my wife and I to be missionaries. And he said, missionaries? He said, uh, where? And I said, Africa. He said, Africa? He said, um, which, com- which country in Africa? I said, Zimbabwe. He said, Zimbabwe? He said, uh, well, what city in Zimbabwe? And I said, Bulawayo. He said, Bulawayo. And uh, he said, my whole family is from Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. He said, and my aunt and uncle still live there today. My mouth drops open. I I speech as I just sat there. It seemed like for eternity. I was just shocked. And uh, he told me a little bit about it. And um, went on that afternoon. I was so excited. I I couldn't wait any longer. I called Wes. 
Wes Rose. I said, Wes, and I told him the story. He said, well, what time did that, did that happen? I said, well, at 9 o'clock I met. I said, about 9.04 is when he told me that. And he said, well, at 9.04 I was on the phone with uh, Tammy and Jeff in Zimbabwe talking about you and Sheila at the exact same time. And I was just, we both were like, yeah, we got hair standing up on our arms. Well, um, one thing that's neat about that, he shared, he gave me, that man gave me his aunt and uncle's uh, name and number. And when we went there the next month in, in uh, April, I met with his aunt and talked with her. And it's unbelievable. She has given us and, and is allowing us to have contacts to key people there that's going to really help us in this ministry. And it was just, you know, another God thing through this whole process. Um, so uh, we, get, we go on and we're just constantly praying, Lord, you know, open doors when you need to open them and close them where you need to close them. Just, we just want to be obedient and we just kept praying. And uh, one morning, Sunday morning, I did what every man in this place has done. I'm sitting on the couch waiting on my wife to get ready for church. I'm sitting there on the couch, got Sports Center on, and if y'all watch Sports Center, you know that never do they ever show highlights of cricket. Just one thing that doesn't happen. But that particular morning, in the midst of all this praying we're doing, they show a cricket match. One match, and it's Zimbabwe against Pakistan. <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, thank you, Lord, another sign of where you want us. So... Um, we fast forward to June, just a few months ago. We look at, it's time that we put our house up for sale. This is a house that we, uh, we bought the land in 2005, and we built uh, our dream home in 2007. And we absolutely, it's a house, but we love it. We love living there. We love everything about it. And um, we just enjoy it so much. But we knew it's time that we look at selling the house. So I called an agent that I knew. Had her come out, told her the whole story about going to the mission field. And we had some disagreements about the listing price of the house and, and all that. And I told her, I was very clear. I said, I don't need you to sell this house. I said, God is going to sell this house because he wants us in Africa. I said, I just need you to list it. And she said, okay. She said, I just want you to know you have less than 1% chance of selling this house. Um, just because when it was built and just the, the uh, dynamics of the property or whatever. And she just said, you, you, you may not even get anybody to even look at it, not one person. I said, that's fine. I said, let's, let's list it. Well, needless to say, uh, the house sold to the very first person that came. Um, and not only did it sell, and she said, we could, you know, she was saying, it has to be somebody coming in from out of state. We sold it to somebody that lives in Chesterfield County. Um, somebody that has a house, and she said, well, she said, they have a house. They're going to have to renovate their house. They're going to have to list their house. They're going to have to sell their house before they can buy and follow through with your house. I said, that's fine. That's fine. Well, in 60 days' time, all of that happened, and... They're going to move in on December 10th. So that is a, you just do not know how much of a God thing that is. Um, one thing I didn't mention earlier, um, we got a call, and, and when she told us, she said, 
uh, and this was a short, just a matter of a short period of time, she says, they want to move in by December 10th, can you be out? And we didn't have any plans, you know, it just happened so fast. Twelve hours later, somebody in this church, unknowing this, calls us and says, hey David, um, our rental house is becoming available December 1st. Do you think your sons might be interested in renting it? I said, I don't know about them, but we will take it. <laughs> so God just provided, just step after step, exactly what we needed the whole way. So um, that, that is our plans to, is to move out and to rental home. We have some other steps that we need to handle, but uh, we have INB training starting June, uh, January 10th for two months. So that's our next step. We're hoping to get to Zimbabwe by April. So we just would ask you to continue to pray for us um, um, through this time. There's a few people that I would like to thank, but I want to thank the church body, the people that know, have known about this for some time, that have encouraged us and prayed for us. I just want to say thank you. I just want to thank the staff that has been praying for us, but it's two people specifically I'd like to thank, and first one is Wes Rose. Wes has answered every question that we've had through this whole process. He's prayed for us. He's prayed with me and uh, just answered so many questions, so I just want to thank him, and I also want to thank um, Jerry Witt. Jerry was the, the uh, youth pastor here and has moved to another position. But uh, I served as a youth leader under Jerry, and, and Jerry and I spent a lot of time. We went to Africa together, and we spent a lot of time together talking about this opportunity and praying. But Jerry shared with me one time that his prayer has always been as a, as a youth pastor that he would have one of the youth come up through, um, come through the youth and go into full-time ministry. And that was just a prayer that he's always prayed. So I just want to let Jerry Witt know today that we are not youth, but we did come up through the youth we, as leaders. And under his guidance and under um, his leadership, uh, we are going to full-time ministry uh, in Zimbabwe. So t- today I feel like that uh, Jerry's prayer has been answered. So I just want to thank Jerry today. Um, I'm going to leave you with a couple of things. Um, when I was a, a young teenager, I took a verse as my life verse, and it was Psalms 56:11, and it says, "In God have I put my trust, and I will not be afraid what man can do to me." And it has always meant so much to me. But now, as we're on the verge of going to Africa, it means so much more. And uh, I just thank the Lord for His Word. Um, a couple of last things. Um, I want to challenge you with. Um, we all have a certain number of days on this earth. And it doesn't matter how old you are or um, what your status is here on this earth. And it doesn't even matter what you've done with your life up until today. What matters is from today to the end of your life that matters. And in the Bible, Paul says at the end of his life that he's run the race. Sheila and I are still in that race, and we have some time to go. But we just want to finish that race strong. So we covet your prayers. 
And we just thank you for your prayers. And we just know that whatever God has for you, He will show you the way. He will give you everything you need to follow Him. Just be that vessel and just be obedient to His calling. And you will have such peace in your life and such happiness. And we're, we're so happy to go. I don't want these tears to fool you that they're not tears of sadness that we're leaving. We're so excited to go and we cannot wait to get there. And we know as we've seen God do miracle after miracle in our life, how huge is His work going to be in Africa when we get there. We're just so excited about that. So again, we just thank you. Yeah, you can stand. It's, it's... It's, uh, it, is, it is incredibly exciting, and um, you know, for, to contain Dave and Sheila for just a few minutes to share, it was only snapshots of, of, of what God has been doing in their lives, and, and it, is, it, is a play, it is applause. Um, it's applause to God who is working and doing a lot of things, and uh, as they're going through, like I said, there's, they're, they're close, and there's a lot of details that need to happen, and, um, and I want you guys to, to commit to pray for them and others that we have going, and you're going to hear a little, and in just a couple minutes, a little bit more of what's happening, and some of that, some of that vision that we had for for being for people being called out and sent out, or it's happening. I don't know if it's something in the water, something stirring, but uh, um, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, and I want to pray for them really quick, and then we'll talk a little bit about some other things that are going on. Father, we thank you right now for Dave and Sheila and uh, their obedience to be. Uh, to do and go where you've called them to go, and uh, I know that before them, there's a lot of details that need to happen, and we just pray that uh, as they come up, Father, that you would be with them and guide them every step of the way, that you would continue affirm their calling, Father, that you would continue to give them strength uh, on the good days and bad days and things going over. We pray that you just continually just be with them and let them know that you're right there beside them. Help us as a church go before and, and walk with them through this journey, Father, and, and everything that they're doing. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Um, as you've heard from Dave and Sheila, there's, uh, I want you to, you know, you can go back just maybe about six weeks ago when we had a video of, of Drew and Ashley. that They're, they're finish, finishing up their second year over in East Asia where they're teaching at a university. And, uh, and there's another family that... Uh, been out of here for maybe a couple years, but I want you to hear uh, a message from him, Mr. Heatherly's. Good morning, Heights Baptist Church. My name is Eric Heatherly, and this is my wife, Anna. In 2009, we were sitting in some of the same chairs that you're sitting in this morning for the first GIC. It was during that conference that God called our family full-time into the ministry. I had a career at that point, but God had a call. In 2010, I left that career and went back to school full-time, and here I am today. In 2013, God called our family to Painesville, Ohio, where I became the pastor of youth and family ministries at Painesville Baptist Church. Well, 
Wow, after a message like that, how can we not be a part of what's going on uh, outside these doors here? There's uh, again, a number of ministries that, that hopefully you're very familiar with now, but how can we not be a part of that? Um, and, and just as uh, Dave and Sheila were, have been called, we feel that um, God has called us to his work, to join him in his work uh, in the country of Ukraine uh, on a full-time basis. Uh, at this time, we're looking uh, for his timely provision of uh, financial and prayerful resources. And um, we covet your prayers as well. As, as we pray for David and Sheila and, and as this church body prays for them, um, we, we too covet your prayers. Um, and um, I, I just love this church. I thank you for uh, your heart for these ministries and, and, um, and for your prayers. Again, uh, I, I just can't say enough about um, the involvement that that um, that we all need to be taken part of uh, for for serving our Lord. He's so worthy. It's uh, it, it is it's exciting to see what's happening and what has happened. And um, Randy mentioned these cards. Now I'm going to ask you to do something. To it's going to be maybe a little bit harder, maybe a little bit awkward. Um, but when you hear testimony, when you hear the stories, and you hear the word, it it changes you. The word, the testimony, it changes people, and it opens your eyes. And uh, the card that, uh, that Randy mentioned earlier, it just has a place for your name and some contact information. And, um, it, and it says, what is, how has God spoken to you? And he's not, going, he's, he's not going to have all of this out here without touching somebody's heart. And then the, other, the last question is, basically, by faith, what are you going to do with that? And, uh, and this is where it gets a little bit awkward, and, and I'll take the blame for this because, you know. But um, as he's mentioned, and Randy said to pull him out, take a second. We're going to play some music here, and I, don't, and I don't know what that is. There's not a right answer. There's not a wrong answer. It's just simply, if God has spoken to me, and this is how I'm going to be obedient in following that. And this is not a, um, you know, a sign-up to either go to Ukraine or Africa or you know, somewhere else. It may be to work with one of these partners out here. It may be to give. It may be to to intercessorily pray for these people on a regular basis. But as the music is playing, um, just take a chance. Finish it, finish filling out the card, and I'm asking you to take this step. And this it's it's a step of faith. It, it may be the first biggest thing that a lot of people have done in a long time. But I'm asking you just to take it over and put it in one of these one of these um, crates, barrels, chests, and just put it in there as a step of faith. Yes, I'm going to be obedient and what God is answering and called in my life. And so when we do that, we'll go ahead and play the music now, and uh, thank you. Well, the, the service has to end at some point, right? But God's call doesn't end, does it? And, and our responding to the Lord, our taking that step, that, that never ends. And, and even as we say amen here in a moment and, and head to the doors, you may still want to make your way down here and drop in a card at the, at the chest. And, and like I said, you, your answer may be, Lord, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I, I want somebody to know that I'm saying yes and I want somebody to help guide me. Or maybe, Lord, my commitment is to walk out here to this concourse and figure something out. Walk out here and talk to one of these, these ministries. But uh, folks, God is, God is calling and the only right answer is yes. But boy, when he's calling, it's scary, isn't it? I mean, gosh, what if he takes us somewhere and kills us? Then we go to heaven. Right? 
And it's kind of a worst case scenario. That might have been a real dud to the whole idea of saying yes to God. But no joking. So he takes you somewhere and kills you. Then what? Then you go to eternity with Jesus in heaven. And folks, that's why we've been called to go do this. Whether it's across the street or across the ocean, we've been called to do this because evil is real. Death and dying is very real. And not everybody's going to heaven. And not everybody is going to be with Jesus. There is hope. I mean, there is, a, there is hopelessness. There is fear. And there is death. And so those who've had a chance to escape that, who've heard the good news of Jesus Christ, have been called to go and tell. Across the street, across the ocean, we go and tell. And we want to be a church faithful to doing that, don't we? And saying we're a church, you've heard me say this before, folks, the building's not going anywhere this week. The sign is not going anywhere this week. It's, it's you and it's me. We, we answer the call. And uh, I sure hope that you will do that. You know, as we leave here and we, we say, gosh, how bad can it get? We, we die and then what? Well, we go to heaven. Let me ask you real quickly. Are you confident today that you're going to heaven? Whether that be this week or decades from now, are you confident that if you were to die, you'll step into the presence of Jesus Christ and into his glorious future for you in heaven. You know what? If you're not confident of that today, God wants you to be confident of that today. And we want to give you that, that opportunity to know how that might happen in your life. As we leave here and go out these doors straight back against a big window back there, there's a desk, there's a group of folks standing around it that would love to answer your questions and talk with you about how you can come into a relationship with Christ, how you can know heaven is your future. Maybe you have questions about joining the church family, becoming a part here uh, at the Heights. You can go to that desk out there, ask them those questions questions. They're standing there waiting for you. Somebody else that might want to go out there, if this is your first time here, uh, first time guest to the Heights, we're sure glad that you chose to be with us this morning. You got to kind of get a special picture uh, of who we are and what we're doing. And uh, But we want you to, we want to give you a gift for being here today. If you go to that same desk back there and say, this is my first time here, uh, they've got that gift for you. It's a coffee mug. It's got some candy in it, some information about our church. And uh, we we would sure hope you go by and get that. Want to invite all of our guests. If you have a moment, I'll be out there. I'd love to meet you. Wes Rose, you just saw him up here. He'll be out there. He's kind of the, the key circus leader today, uh, the traffic cop. So if you get out there, where's this? How do I find that? How do I get to this? Where would I sign up? Wes will be out there right in the center, and you can ask him any questions about anything you've heard or seen last Sunday, this Sunday, uh, maybe read in here. Uh, he'll be be happy to answer those questions for you today. Uh, what's the step? As we get up and leave, folks, it's more than steps toward a door. What's the step of faith and obedience that you're taking to the Lord? Amen? Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great week.